Now it's my pleasure to introduce our presenter, Diane Christian. Diane has a doctorate in developmental psychology with special emphasis in visual impairment, parenting, and statistical analysis. Diane has worked for years with both children and adults with visual impairments and multiple disabilities, and she's knowledgeable about the resources and accommodations that can benefit them. Diane joined Partners for Pediatric Vision as an independent contractor in early 2017, became assistant director in 2018, and is now serving as executive director as of January 2021. Diane also has personal experience with visual impairment. Her husband of over 30 years is a teacher of the visually impaired and has been legally blind since birth due to a hereditary retinal disease. And now I will hand it over to Diane. Thank you, Liz. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, gosh, I feel my age whenever somebody reads that bio that I've been married for over 30 years, but it's all been good. Um, so I'm just happy to be here. And again, like what Liz was saying, um, my name is Diane Christian. I'm Executive Director at Partners for Pediatric Vision, and our mission is to turn possibilities into achievements for children with visual impairments in their families. Um, like as Liz was saying, I've been doing this for many, many years. I have, you know, professionally, I've been in the business for a long time, but I do have to give credit to my husband, Keith. Um, he provides me with a lot of um, my inspiration. Um, Again, he has a visual impairment called um, retinitis pigmentosa. And when we first met, he was able to read large print, but nowadays um, his vision has decreased dramatically and um, he has a hard time finding the E on the wall. And um, we have a guide dog and stuff like that. So um, I've been part of his journey as he's lost his vision. And I think that helps me understand a little bit more and kind of be able to share stories with our families that we work with. Um, so what we part, uh, partners for pediatric vision, what we believe is that every child, every family that has a child with a visual impairment should have access to the education resources that will help their child reach their full potential. That every child with a visual impairment should have access to a comprehensive, comprehensive vision exam by a pediatric eye doctor on a regular basis. Things change, things need to be updated. And children with visual impairment must be given the opportunity to lose the use their remaining vision for social development, academic, and daily living skills. And why does it matter? Well, for um, most kids with typical vision, 80% um, of what a child learns in the first de decade of life comes through the visual system. Um, and visual cues are essential to how children learn and function. And impaired vision can neg negatively affect all aspects of a child's um, development, including reading and writing. Um, vision is um, pretty prevalent. It's the fourth most prevalent cause of disability in the United States, and it's common in, um, in childhood. And parents of children with visual impairments deserve an early diagnosis, the um, emotional support and education on how to help their child so that their child can reach her, um, he or she's full potential. An early intervention for child with, um, children with visual impairment improves outcomes and lessens family stress. And I know I think I've, I recognize some of your guys' um, names, and so I know that some of this is a review for you. But I always like to present these um, pictures because I think it's important for us to realize how our kids' vision may be impaired. And as every child is different. Every child will see differently. 
but it kind of helps if we have some idea of what our child's seeing. I think it helps us help our children. So you have this, um, we have three pictures on the screen. One is what a typically sighted child might see on the playground. And then you have one, the middle one may be um, how a child with cataracts might view their world. And then the last one with a big old black spot in the middle might be something, um, some um, problems with like the macula and central vision. And the way the kids are seeing the world is gonna um, impact how they are viewing it. So like we were saying earlier that kids take in a lot through their vision. A typically sighted child will probably be, um, if they were looking at the playground, they would be able to observe kids um, interacting with each other. They would observe how kids would use all the equipment. For example, for a slide, they would see other kids do a hand over hand technique to go up, to go up the ladder. Once they get to the um, top of the ladder, they sit on their bottom, come down the slide. When they get to the very bottom, they stand up and then they go get back in line. But with a child with a visual impairment, they may not be picking up all these cues. And so they're gonna to have to be getting these cues from other places. And this is where the um, family comes in and helps, as well as the Braille Institute, the child, you know, the early interventionist, as well as partners for pediatric vision. So how can we basically support you guys um, on your child's journey? Here's a, a, another slide of how, um, you know, vision is different for everybody. Um, we have what normal vision is, like two kids, you know, holding balls, um, retinitis pigmentosis is what my husband has, and he has somewhat more of a tunnel vision, and um, where you only see part of what's going on. Glaucoma is very similar, but you can see what, you, um, you can see pretty well in the central vision, but peripherally, it's really hard. And with that, it really, um, you really want to watch your child if they have reduced peripheral vision for um, orientation mobility. They may not see, you know, tree limbs or lower cabinets opened or um, trailer hitches on cars and that kind of stuff. Um, macular degeneration is where you start losing the central vision and the central vision is where um, we get the details. Uh, um, and then you can have like, with diabetic retinopathy, you can have blind spots, cataracts make things fuzzy, and then get macular degeneration kind of um, takes out that central. And nearsightedness and farsightedness will distort the vision as well. So again, these are just examples of it. So because vision will really um, influence on how your child takes in the world, it's really important for your child to have a good eye exam. And an accurate um, visual diagnosis will help a child um, help the family get um, help and services in place. Early treatment can prevent further de deterioration of vision and delays in development. Knowing the specific diagnosis means families have access to advances in research and clinical trials. Um, intervention and instruction is usually driven by the diagnosis based on best practices. Families can be connected with other families that have um, children that share the same diagnoses. And then information about the diagnosis, treatment, prognosis um, can help provide guidance to families and their educators or professionals. So it really kind of um, helps the team know by knowing what's going on with your child's vision. It helps the team understand 
um, how your child is viewing the world, and we're able to help guide you better with that. So where do you go to get a good exam? Um, usually with our kids that we're working with, I strongly suggest a low vision exam. So someone who is very versed in low vision and especially with kids. Um, it's a little bit different than just going to like lens crafters. Um, low vision optometrists um, are versed in, you know, different diagnoses and different um, things that might help your child better, like with glasses and stuff like that. So low vision um, optometrists, they specialize in determining the extent of your child's functional vision, kind of give you an idea of what or what your child can and cannot see. They can prescribe glasses or other low vision devices like handheld or video magnifiers or telescopes to allow your child to use their vision to the great extent possible. They may include specialized testing um, besides just visual acuity that we normally all get, but they can assess for peripheral vision, contrast sensitivity. Sometimes with our kiddos, um, contra high contrast helps a lot. You know, things, you know, Black on white, white on black, really make a difference for our kids. Kind of like imagine us looking at a really nice textbook versus a newspaper. The contrasts are right, are really different, and it's a lot harder sometimes to see the newspaper than it's like a clear, crisp textbook. Um, they can also assess for glare sensitivity, um, color vision issues. Um, whether or not the eyes are aligned, sometimes if the eyes are not aligned and maybe one goes in and one goes out or, you know, vice versa, that can influence um, how your child is seeing. And then a lot of times the low vision optometrist, they can prescribe recommendations for your child, um, you know, to you know, best use their vision. Sometimes our kiddos may have what we call a sweet spot that they see really good, maybe right here. So by knowing placing things in their sweet spot can really help your child um, focus on what they need to be looking at and see it the best that they can. Um, and then a lot the, I am happy to say that a lot of the doctors that we work with do provide reports um, with the eye exam results as well as recommendations that you can present to the school or your, um, your team of professionals, which really kind of helps everybody be on the same page. Um, and then we can talk about um, different ones. We have, uh, we do partner with some eye doctors. We have one that's in um, Eagle Rock. We have one that um, is in South LA as well as Anaheim Hills. But we also work with somebody in um, the Beverly Hills area. Um, and all these doctors are very versed in working with kids with low vision. When you take your child in for an exam, things to um, maybe questions that you want to ask the eye doctor, you know, what kind of um, eye tests do they do? Um, what are the test results? What do they mean? What do they mean in, um, in particular with your child? Um, would they benefit from glasses or other things? Um, what can your child see with and without your the glasses on? Because sometimes just wearing the glasses makes a huge difference. Um, are there any low vision aids or accommodations that can help my child? A lot of times what we'll, we'll see is kids will bring things up really close. And that's basically what we call self-magnification. And that's okay. Let your kids bring things up close. Normally it doesn't hurt them and it just helps them see things a little bit clearer. Um, 
And then if are any of these recommendations, can they be put on the exam notes or in a report or letter for you guys to, um, to share? Another thing to realize is um, or ask, will your child's vision change over time? And then when should your child come in for another exam? Usually we like to see kids um, or the doctors that I work with normally are at least on an annual basis to make sure that your child's not having any changes in their vision and um, to see if there's any um, new and upcoming um, technology that may be helpful. So what are some of the things to look for if you think your child may or may not have a visual impairment? Um, one thing is just that the eyes will shake, they'll may go back and forth. I see them got up and down a little bit, but usually um, back to back and forth, and that's called nystagmus. Um, either the pupils are really large or really small. Um, there's jerky movements. They may tilt their head and kind of look at things in a weird way and not just kind of necessarily straight on. You want kids, you're looking for kids to uh, make eye contact with you. Or if they're attending to a book, they seem to be able to see the book, they're pointing things out, that kind of stuff. And um, whether or not they're tracking or not. So if they can follow something going across, they can see things at um, a distance. If any of these things um, you're concerned about with your child, please make sure to um, get them in for an eye exam. And sometimes, you know, if it's something that um, doesn't happen all the time, take a picture of it. So if you see your eyes, your child's eye cross, but it doesn't happen all the time, take a quick um, picture of it or take a quick video and present that to the eye doctors and that way they can see what you're talking about. Because it's, it's kind of like sometimes going to the mechanic. You go to the mechanic and then your car acts perfectly. Same thing with kids sometimes taking them in for the eye doctors. All right, so for here at Partners for Pediatric Vision, we do provide a, um, lots of different resources for um, families that have a child with a visual impairment. Um, we do free education resources and support um, about how and answer, answer questions about how to help your child. We can um, connect families to um, public and private services. We can connect you to pediatric eye doctors um, sometimes we're able to sit in on the exams with a low vision optometrist um, to help you guys understand what the doctor is saying, and then we can do any follow-up questions afterwards. We can help provide information about your child's specific diagnosis um, and the effects of the, um, the child's visual impairment on their overall development. Um, we provide educational recommendations and low vision interventions to help children adapt to um, their vision loss and any other special needs. We can help provide low vision aids and technology demonstrations um, as part of the eye exams and through Zoom. Um, we help families with free or redu reduced um, low cost vision our devices. Um, we, can, we are working with Ketchum Health, which is in Anaheim, and um, they, are, they can provide free eye exams for kids that have um, a diagnosis. Um, you know, it depends on needs and stuff like that. And then they are helping with um, devices as well for um, our, some of our families in needs. We also have a major donor program that we can connect um, families to um, equipment as well, um, like handheld magnifiers, lighting, stuff like that. Um, we provide emotional support, answering questions and discussing concerns. 
Um, we have parent support groups who provide advocacy support. Sometimes we're able to sit in on IEPs if they're done virtually. We're very happy to communicate with um, your child's team of providers to make sure that everyone's on the same page. I know there's numerous times that I've, I've worked with both Patty and Liz and Elizabeth, um, you know, working together uh, for interventions for a child. And then we also have family events such um, we do a Build-A-Bear workshop. Um, we have audio described movies that we do once a year. We just did um, a Museum of Flight hands-on tour um, at the Torrance Airport. So it's just really fun to get families um, together to bond and to see um, how other kids do it and how other families do it. Um, it's a lot of fun. So I want to stop right now. Any questions so far? I know Liz said it at the end, but I just kind of wanted to see if um, any questions so far on the chat. Before I go on? Okay. So we've, I've been talking a lot about different things and, um, you know, we've been talking about types of visual aids. And I just kind of wanted to go over them. Um, some of these might be for older kids. This is a wide variety of um, devices I'm going to show you. So it could be, um, you know, these are things that may not be appropriate for your child now but may be appropriate when, um, a little bit later on, depending on your child's age. The best one, the first go-to um, vision aid is a good pair of glasses. And again, um, getting assessed by um, somebody who is in first and low vision, as well as kids, it makes a huge difference. Um, also, just making sure your kids' glasses are clean and not really scratched. If they're not clean or scratched, that can definitely impair vision and um, getting your your child to wear them. If you need tips and techniques about how to get your kid or your child to wear glasses, let myself know. And I know Patty, Liz, and Elizabeth have strategies as well that they can share with you. Um, the next picture is what we, I have is called a dome magnifier. It's a little handheld magnifier that you put on the paper and just enlarges things and makes things a little bit easier um, for kids to see. The dome is really good um, for our little ones because it does provide magnification, but they don't have to adjust it like you have to do with a handheld magnifier. So with the next picture, there's handheld and there are lights and they, a lot of them have lights, but you have to adjust the viewing distance on it. Whereas for a dome, for our little guys, it's just easier to put it on the place, on the, um, on the um, material. Um, underneath Leah, who has the glasses on, we have Rosa and she has what they call a handheld video magnifier. So it's a portable device, but it, does, it is electronic and it can, um, the magnification can go up and down and it can do um, different contrast modes. So sometimes kids like white on black, black on white, blue on yellow, so they have a variety of settings. The other cool thing with a lot of the handheld video magnifiers is that they can take a picture of it and then make it bigger or smaller. Kind of very similar to um, our cell phones, our smartphones. Um, or an iPad where you can take a picture and adjust it. Um, this just happens to be a standalone device. Next to Rosa, um, we have a um, what we called a desktop video magnifier. And basically it has a camera on it and whatever you put under the camera, it's um, put on a computer monitor. So one of our, our problems or one of the issues that our kiddos with visual impairment um, encounter is, 
when things need to be magnified, whatever they're using to magnify it, usually it's really little. So like a dome magnifier, they're only gonna be seeing something this much. With our cell phones, they're only gonna be seeing this much. But with a desktop video magnifier, they're using a computer screen to see what they're looking at. And it gives them a better, bigger field of view. And it's really good for, um, you know, reading books um, and all that stuff. A lot of different models have different features, but one of the things they'll be able to use, a lot of these kids, kiddos may get them for school and they're put in the, in the classroom and they have um, the camera can be moved to like look at the board or turned down to look at the books. And with um, the model that we're seeing here, it's really easy for kids um, if they're filling out worksheets to see what they're looking at and fill out the form at the same time. Um, next to that, we have um, Rain, who's using a monocular. A monocular is just one of um, like binoculars that we use to see things. It's a little device and it's really great to, for distance viewing. Um, a lot of times kids will use it to see the, uh, the board or street signs or the menu when they go to McDonald's or something like that. And then next to Rain, um, we have a little girl who's using a, um, a slap board as well as a magnifier. The slap board it just brings the material up closer and it's really easy to read it along with the magnifier. Sometimes with our kiddos, um, they put the, the paper down on the desk and then they lean over to read. And that's really bad for their back and their posture. So by using the slam board, bringing things up, it helps with their posture and they're able to read a lot longer. All right, moving right along. And again, um, other devices could be a braille writer for kids with really low vision. Um, they, there's also um, portable or wireless keyboards that I, um, you can use with like a smartphone or an iPad. I know sometimes um, people with low vision have a really hard time accessing the keyboard on the smartphone or the tablet. Using an external keyboard is just another way of accessing it. And then there's also computers that have um, enlargement features where they make things bigger. And they also have audio output where um, whatever is on the screen can be read to the person. So again, you know, probably for your older kids, but I just wanna share that there's a lot of technology out there that your child will be able to take advantage of in order to be successful in school. And again, it may not be appropriate for right now, um, but um, later on it might be. And then again, a lot of the technology you know, the Braille display, using computer with magnification or audio output. It does, and then like the iPhone and um, iPads or the tablets. Um, there's a lot of great accessibility features, but it does take long, a time to, for um, kiddos to learn it. And then going more to our younger kids, um, other types of interventions besides devices, um, high contrast things just make it a little bit easier for our kids to see things. Um, you know, playing with different colors and seeing um, what colors they can attend to. Some of our kiddos with CVI may be only able to attend to certain colors, and we um, may need to play with that in order to increase um, the amount of colors they're able to see. 
Um, there's a lot of um, apps for the iPhone and um, tablets that may encourage um, visual um, visual function with your child, and that we can definitely um, share with that for you to do that. We also um, encourage games um, that are um, friendly to our kids with visual impairments, but can also be played with kids with typical vision. And um, this little board right here is playing in what we call an endless tic-tac-toe um, board. And actually, let me grab one really quick. So what it is, you can see it, and my husband makes these for me. It's basically based on a regular tic-tac-toe game. So what it is, each um, person has three, um, gets the shape, either for this example, happens to be squares versus triangles. It's all Velcros and very tactile, so it's a really great game for the car as well. And basically what you do, the first person will put a piece on one of the nine, and again, the object of the game is to get three in a row. Um, you just take turns, placing the um, pieces on the board, and I'm just gonna do it. And then once you get all of the pieces on, then the next person will just um, replace a piece until somebody gets tic-tac-toe. And again, um, something like this is a really great way of encouraging our kids um, with visual impairments to play with kids that are with typical vision, because sometimes our kiddos with visual impairments have a hard time with social um, situations. And when they have something that they can do and share with kids with typical sight, it's um, a win-win for everybody. And again, a lot of the games um, around, um, they have them on, um, you know, AFB and stuff like that. So there's a lot of games that are adapted for kids with visual impairment. Um, going back to the slides, um, sometimes um, kiddos with visual impairments do much better if the background's not cluttered. So Karina is here, she's trying to sort um, little animals and she had an easier time when things were on the black background versus when the um, background was busy. And so just making things uncluttered, High contrast makes a lot of difference. And then the last um, slide is a picture of an activity. Um, I'm not really sure what to call it, but basically what happens is that um, things are hung. You put your child underneath it. And when they move, what they're doing is they're creating something to move or make a noise and it just really encourages kids with visual impairment to um, wander, look, explore outside of their body. So when they move their arms, something happens and they get that feedback back and it really just encourages them to keep on doing that. So again, just different, um, these are all just different um, things of um, encouraging your child with a visual impairment explore the world, to get the most out of it that they can, and to, um, you know, understand what's going on in the world as well. And again, you know, Partners for Pediatric Vision, we're always happy to um, help parents explore these different interventions as well, you know, and the Brill Institute. Um, their staff is really good about that as well. So other things that Partners for Pediatric do is, you know, kind of just encourage parents to work with their kids. Um, we encourage you to help your child explore their world through touch, smell, taste, and hearing. Um, have them 
you know, touch things, explore things, taste things. It could be really messy, but they have a lot of fun and it really just opens up the world a lot more. Um, you know, the, the child in the top, I think is playing with like spaghetti or noodles or something like that. But it could be something, and it doesn't have to be messy, but just things like just having your child um, build leaves and rocks and, um, you know, just different things that they can find outside or sponges or Tupperware or anything that your child can um, feel and touch. It really helps them understand the world. And it also helps when, um, you know, parents or family members give families that um, narrative description of what's going on and that even really ties it in together so we want our kids to not take the taking the world only through their vision but through their hands through their um, nose through their ears any way they can so that they can learn about the world so as i was just saying you want to help your child put it all together you know we were talking about the playground at the very beginning it's really, you know, kind of uh, um, up to us to help your child understand by, you know, explaining things. Um, and then maybe having your child, you know, helping your child learn how to, you know, use this slide, uh, you know, by going to, going through it with them and showing them how to do it by using like hand over hand techniques. Um, and then, you know, when you're out and about, make sure that you're telling your, if you explain things to your child. So if you hear a a whistle or a noise or, or a car backing up. Explain to your child what they're hearing and why they're hearing it. And because what you may be perceiving may not be what your child is perceiving. And so we want to make sure that everybody's on the same page. And because, um, you know, what you see and how you relate to what they're experiencing, it just increases the world. And also, we also suggest that you um, generalize um, to things. So you may be um, showing your child something soft, like maybe a cotton ball or something like that. Well, while you're doing that, use comparative and contrasting language to talk about other things that might be soft that they may be encountered with or things that aren't soft and so that they can tell the difference, start understanding what does soft mean and how does that compare to other stuff. Other things we can help parents with is encouraging you to give your child opportunities. Um, you know, in terms of playing things, you know, and exploring things. And there's two different opposing um, forces I think that all parents go through. And we want to protect our kids as much as possible, but we also have to let them have the opportunities to learn. And I think sometimes as parents, I think it's really hard um, sometimes to um, give our kids some opportunities because we don't want them to get hurt. We don't want them to, um, you know, get bruised or cut or something like that. But sometimes we have to let them, um, like maybe learning how, if we want them to be independent as much as they possibly can, we're going to have to show them how to use a knife properly sometimes. Or, you know, put them on a bike, you know, um, in terms of like maybe learning how to ride a bike in a very open field where there's nothing to run into and there's no bumps or, you know, that they can fall on. But just provide opportunities to your kids to learn and to be um, as independent as possible. And again, we're all here to help your child be as independent as possible and to encourage you 
Um, and again, it's never too early. I always love the part. It's never too early to learn. It starts from day one. So remember, and again, these are things that, you know, um, your team or professionals will, you know, encourage. Your child needs the same thing as any other child, love, support, and understanding, and we're here to um, help provide that. I always try to tell parents to trust yourself and your instincts. You know your child the best. And always look for your child's unique talent. And my biggest thing is understand that a visual impairment is only one part of your child. So as a wife of somebody who is visually impaired, you know, um, I thank you guys for helping your child be all that they can be because my husband wouldn't be where he is without the support that he had from family members. Um, moving on, who's eligible for um, services from us of all the things I just talked about? Um, we serve families from ages birth to 18. Um, I know our early interventions at the Royal Institute, you tend to go to about age six, so we can kind of um, help after that. Um, you can refer through us to the Royal Institute website, email, phone. Um, if you're in need of a vision exam, we can go ahead and connect you to a, a pediatric eye doctor, and we can help with the referral process and get you going. And again, it's really easy to get connected to us, with either through phone, video call, person, email, text, it's all good. And all of our services are free of charge. And um, to anyone who has, a, who has a child with a visual impairment. And then I tend to talk fast, so I kind of went through this really quickly. Here's my contact information, my email, and my phone number. And then um, Partners for Pediatric Vision's email and phone number. And I really encourage you, if you have any questions or any concerns, um, just please feel free to reach out to me at any time. And I'd be happy to answer any questions. Went over a lot of stuff. Um, does anyone have any questions? I'll stop sharing. Yes. And then um, Liz, if you don't mind, or one of you guys, um, if you could put my contact information in the chat, and that way it might be easy for kids, um, for people to get it, that would be great. So in a nutshell, that's what we do at Partners for Pediatric Vision, just encourage families to help support their child um, through their journey with a, um, a visual impairment. And we're always happy to help. Any questions, comments? There are no questions in the chat, but if anyone has a question, feel free to unmute yourself and ask Diane. Diane, it's Patty. Can you remind us all where the different locations are for pediatric partners? Uh, so we basically work from home, and so we provide services throughout the Southern California area, and we actually have um, some kids that are in um, Bakersfield as well as Sacramento. Because we can do things, we do most of our stuff on the phone um, or through Zoom. Um, location doesn't really matter to us. Um, if you are out of Southern California, it might take a little time if you need a pediatric um, eye exam to find one. But we do have a lot of connections throughout um, the state that we're getting um, that we can help you find it. And again, um, we've been helping with um, like IEPs or letting parents know about, you know, different things that they're eligible for, um, how to ask for it from the school, that kind of stuff. But um, we're, in terms of location, we're pretty flexible. Thank you, Patty. You know, if you have any um, questions in the future, just please um, don't hesitate to contact me. Um, 
Liz, Elizabeth, and Patty all know how to get a hold of me, so they can um, help you as well. Diane, there, there is a question in the sure. chat, and it is, are there books you recommend for parents and any for children, particularly fiction? Like for parenting or just for kids to read? The question is from our um, uh, head of library services at our, our library, so I'm assuming she it's for children. Hi, Diane. Thanks so much. Just um, books that you maybe would say to to parents, this is a great book. I recommend you read it. And then for kids, just any that you have that um, that you like and that you would also recommend to parents to share with with their kids. In terms of parenting books, um, the ones I know about are kind of outdated. I suggest in terms instead of um, reading a book. I recommend parents have conversations with either their Braille Institutes or the interventionist or somebody like myself or my team, because I think it really kind of, we can individualize it in terms of your child's visual impairment and provide guidance and stuff like that that's a little bit more specific. Um, and then because we're available, um, you know, and I know that the um, Braille Institute staff is the same, we can have those ongoing conversations um, to really kind of get to the different questions or, um, you know, when something new comes up, maybe your child's going into kindergarten, you know, what are some of the things, you know, that I should be aware of for your, you know, my child, those are things that we can um, answer on an individualized basis. So I say have, instead of necessarily a book, I would say have a conversation with somebody um, such as, you know, who's on the call right now. For kiddos, I know on my website, um, on for Partners for Pediatric Vision website, we do have a list of books. Some of them address um, wearing glasses. There's some that are for patching. Because sometimes our kiddos, um, they don't want to patch or they don't want to wear their glasses. And um, there's different books that can be are there available um, that might be helpful for that. Great. I will take a look. Thank you so okay, much. Okay, great. Um, you know, there's some really good books out there, and actually, um, we do have a few that we're able to share with our families if, you know, there's at eye exams. Um, one of our partners, um, Vistas for Children, just give us some monies that we are able to, um, you know, provide to the families free of charge. Um, I just got a message from um, Constance, and she asked, where they can get, you can get a, um, like dome magnifiers and stuff like that. A lot of the low vision devices, um, you can get them off the, sometimes of Amazon or different um, agencies called like LSNS. So that's LS ampersand S um, products, Maxi products. They're, um, they're specifically for kids with low vision. I have noticed that the products, like especially the dome off of LS and S, um, is a little bit higher quality than something that you can get off of Amazon, like the cheaper ones off of Amazon. So there is a difference in quality. So just keep that in your mind. Um, sometimes what we can do before you purchase a device, um, we can go ahead and demo it. Um, and, you know, and then you can see whether or not it really truly helps your child before you purchase them. Sometimes the devices can be kind of expensive. The domes, the magnifiers, they usually run between, I know, $20, $30, $40, depending on the different um, features of it. 
um, like the, like a desktop video magnifier can be thousands of dollars. So being able to demo it and to um, play with it um, is really helpful. Um, so I would I you know I would you know suggest that as well. Um, the other thing is in terms of devices, I do know that the Braille Institute. I think the last one of the series at the end of the month, they're going. You guys are going to be going over low vision devices as well. Is that correct? And so that's another opportunity to learn about them. There's inter other times um, there's conferences that are in Southern California. One is called CSUN, like the school, um, Cal State University Northridge. They have a huge um, conference for kiddos with all types of disabilities there in Anaheim. They have a um, exhibition center um, during the conference that's free to parents that has a lot of vendors that go. It's a great place for parents um, to go check out the, the newest and greatest and stuff like that, and have, have your child to um, find, play with it before you purchase it. Another one is called um, CTEBVI, California Transcribers and Educators and Teachers of the Blind and Visually Impaired. They alternate between Northern California and Southern California in the spring, usually around April time. And they're, they're a great conference too for parents to attend to and to learn about different things um, for kiddos with visual impairments, but they also have an um, exhibit room. That's great to go and play with and to take your child and to go explore. So there's different opportunities just to go play with devices and see what's out there. The other thing I always try to tell parents is what works today may not work tomorrow and vice versa. So always be um, willing to reintroduce something if it didn't seem to work before because you might be surprised and it might work. Um, and again, always be open to, to trying different things. The other thing is that if there's specific issues that your child is having, reach out to one of us and maybe we can also um, suggest a device in order to help whatever problem or barrier that may be. That was a good question. Anything else? There's nothing in the chat. So if, if you want to ask a question, go ahead and unmute yourself. Well, again, right. I appreciate your guys' time and um, and let me, um, you know, spend an hour with you or 45 minutes or almost an hour with you guys. And again, please feel free to reach out to myself if you have any questions um, about your child's journey. I, you know, again, we're here for you. And again, I think that and I might have said this earlier, I think one of the reasons why my husband is so successful, he's a teacher of the visually impaired here in Anaheim, is because he had a lot of support growing up. And it's just, I think what we do, um, I hope it makes an impact on the families that we work with. Thank you, Diane. 